So I just said in the music playing in our show, I'm going to bust it out on Ben when we go live. So I have no clue what's coming. Right. So like that intro music reminds me of like when you were a teenager in the 50s and 60s where you did that. Okay. The, this thing. The hand giant? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like that. that. That's that's what that music reminds you? It kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you might do the, the sprinkler thing. Oh. Oh. Might do that one. Mow, mowing the lawn. I just hurt my shoulder. <laughs> Not my hips. My shoulder. That's from that's you from have two to, weeks ago. That's you right. have to be a really uh, avid Lancaster Connects watcher mm-hmm. and Gardner's fan to get that joke. I know there are people that understood what you're talking about there. I hope so. Otherwise, we just look really, really foolish. And our guest is wondering what in the world did I sign up for? <laughs> but anyway, our guest today, uh, we'll get to Bree here in a few minutes. But Bree is exactly the kind of uh, guest and the kind of charity we have on our show. You know, this show is all about big versus small. Uh, Main Street beating Amazon that goes for businesses and for local charities. Uh, nothing against the big charities that are out there. The Susan G. Comans of the world, the United Ways of the world. Uh, they're fantastic. They do what they do. They don't need these two guys. They don't need Lancaster Connects. Uh, folks like Echoes, folks like Swan, Bethany, Davis, any of the, any of the, any of the power packs. Yes. See, that's why you never want to go down a list because then you forget. Like, well, when you're when you're 52 episodes in, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, all of our guests are are important. Important, right? But we are 52 but episodes. It's, it's a lot of so yes. Those people highlight our guests enjoy their time on our show, and we're happy to give it and, and create the show. So that's what it's all about: beating, beating uh, Amazon, beating the big the big corporate people of the world. We're bringing small business back to life, uh, giving it a platform here. These charities a platform here on the show. That's what it's all about. So, yeah, we've got a contest. We do have contests and and some cool swag to give away. I was drinking water hardcore at a well, drinking water That's without what? one this weekend and bourbon out of this one this weekend. <laughs> My son's graduation party now uh, on the rocks. Yeah, and and it probably stayed nice and cool. Stayed nice and cool. And the ice at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, you know, the ice melts and then you've got to water down. And that's not good. That's not good. No bueno. So like we're giving one of these away every week. Yep. Uh, or a $25 restaurant gift card to a nice restaurant in Lancaster County. Got a bunch of them here uh, in the store and ready to go. But to enter the contest, all you have to do is comment. You know, just send us a, you know, what do you like about the show? What could we improve? Tell, what us, could we, tell us you're an avid watcher of the show and you get the hips joke. Yes. Yep. 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 Uh, comment on my messy hair. You know, whatever. I need a haircut. Kurt, that this morning. Apparently, apparently, the messy hair is not so much courtesy of the haircut needing as it is the sun shop ride <laughs> that I gave Ben. Sun shop. Yes. So I just bought myself a new toy. If you know anything about the male's toy, you know that I like motorcycles. I traded in two wheels for three wheels uh, last week, and I took Ben out in what's called in the Polaris slingshot. Not the sun shop, which really does bother. It was. I'm not a sun shop kind of guy. It was a noisy environment, and when you said slingshot, I thought you said sun shop. But I think I think sun shop could be you know that that could be a cool like thing you could trademark. Yeah, that's Jeff a cool, riding cool with thing. rays of sunshine. Yeah, yeah, that's sun shop. You know, God. get rays of sun and yeah. motorcycles are kind of uh, called choppers, right? Like that's like you know, so it's kind of please technically please a motorcycle. Stop. I, I, I do, 
unreasonably take offense to that name. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot It's safer, and uh, we thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, Chris momentarily brought up uh, my boy's graduation was Friday. We did a graduation parade, which is very cool tradition um for the kids there we are did it did that to head out. start after covid or during COVID? it was a result of COVID. yep graduation season of 2020 so you know if by chance you're on like that kind of parent committee for your school uh you know elementary school eighth grade you know those those are good milestones so maybe as a pto parent you might recommend uh that your school does a little graduation parade around the neighborhood in the cars it's fun um, you know, obviously be safe. There are people in the backs of pickup trucks and you want to be safe and you might want to get your local law enforcement involved if you have to cross streets. But yeah, it was, it, it, the kids loved it. The community came out and loved it. So it's a very cool tradition that I'm glad they continue. And we were happy to be part of it. Yeah, that's neat. So yeah, congratulations to Ethan. Yeah. To you and Steph. Yes. <laughs> New chat. It's, it's amazing to think we have a, an adult, full blown adult on our hands. Though. Yes. Yes. So. When we say family business, we mean it. There it was. There's the family stuff. There's the there's the slingshot, not the sun shop, but the slingshot. I, I I didn't bring it up this time. I know. <laughs> so anyway, those are those are we all have our fun things in this world, and that's mine. Go fast toys. So anyway, uh, you can watch this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. Look it up under Gardeners, under Lancaster Connects. You're going to find it under our names. You'll find it. Um, Podcast, shit. and it's on all the players. podcast players. Yep. So, without too much further there. ado, um, Bree from Echoes. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Bree. Why don't you uh, introduce our listeners to who Echoes is and and a little bit about what you do? Yeah. So, Elizabethtown Community Housing and Outreach Services were. Um, a little bit over six years old. So we were founded in 2016. We partnered with Elizabethtown College for um, the first little bit until we got our 501c3 designation in 2018. So we are a nonprofit social services organization, um, really trying to help people combat homelessness, housing insecurity, and insufficient income. How, how did uh, you become involved with Echoes? You've been there for a few years now? Um, I've actually been there a little bit over a year. So um, yeah, really excited. I hit my my first year. It was a wonderful first year. So I actually ran um, a not a nonprofit senior center in Harrisburg before I came to Echo. So very similar work in terms of the executive director position. And I really always had a passion for working in nonprofits and really had started my career after undergrad working in direct service and just had kind of stepped away towards more of the, the administrative role. And that's that's how I ended up there. So where where does your passion come from to uh, work for nonprofits? Is that something you've always done? Did you go to school for that? Or you went down a different career path in school that ended up here? Tell us that story. Yeah. So um, I actually started out my undergrad at Millersville. And I was going for speech communications, public relations. And um, felt like I was maybe on the wrong path. So I wanted to learn just a little bit more about being a human being and helping other people. So I switched my major and my college to Penn State York. I transferred home and um, went for human development and family studies. And when I reached my senior year, we had to do an internship. And I actually did a fellowship in the House of Representatives. 
And uh, if you would have told me that I would have ended up somewhere in the government doing an internship, I would have laughed at you. But I, it was a wonderful experience. I learned a lot about how policy connects with human services. And that's what later inspired me to get my Master of Public Administration, which I graduated with um, this past December. Okay. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah. Very nice. Did you have uh, Dr. Dorman at Millersville? Communications? I, I do not remember, but I don't even, because I only did one semester and then I transferred. Oh, okay. So I'm a, I'm a Penn State girl, uh, through, okay. through two degrees to Penn State. So I owe them a big chunk of my life. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a, a few years older than you. And uh, Dr. Dorman was a communications institution back okay. then. So, anyway. And by back then, that's, yeah. That, that's, you know, the days where dial up internet like screech at you. <laughs> so just, just saying. Yeah. And a few less gray hairs ago. That's right. So, uh, you know, our show title, uh, Brie, was Empowering Elizabethtown, but yes. Echoes reaches beyond Elizabethtown. Uh, tell us a little bit more about some of the other communities that you support. Yeah. So each of our programs have their own eligibility requirements, but typically um, we say the Northwest region of Lancaster County is our service area. So, that would include Elizabeth, Elizabethtown, Bainbridge, Reams, Mountjoy, Maytown, and Marietta. You know, you you had mentioned this term called housing insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to the person who's not aware what that term means, can you dig into what that is? Yeah. So, uh, if you work in human services, we call a lot of things alphabet soup. So, we have acronyms for for a bunch of things. You know, it takes a little bit of time to get acclimated to our language, but um, there's a few definitions regarding homelessness and housing insecurity. You'll hear McKinney-Vinto, so all of that meaning probably nothing to the average um, person. But yeah, housing insecurity is really just when you are, you, when you are unknown or you don't know where you're going to be um, maybe in the next month, the next day. So someone who may be facing eviction, who may be living with family that doesn't necessarily want them to be living with them. Um, and then, of course, we serve those who are uh, street-level homeless, so literally on the street or in a car in the tent, um, experiencing homelessness. And in the, you know, so in the areas where you serve, because you, you share, you know, the Marietta, Bainbridge uh, region there around Elizabethtown, you know, I don't know that people necessarily think of home, that homeless people or people facing home housing insecurity live in those areas. Can you share some numbers? Yeah. So this past shelter season, we served 83 unduplicated individuals. So in comparison to the 2020-2021 year, we served 33 unduplicated individuals. So that number jumped up quite a bit. Um, I'd also like to talk about, you know, when we talk about homelessness, I think many people think about uh, cities and what urban homelessness looks like. And the rural reality looks very different. So you know, you may not walk down Main Street in Elizabethtown or in the borough and see people, you know, sitting on the sidewalk or camped out on the sidewalk. It, it might look a little different. So, you know, people might be camping. They may have tents or encampments in the woods or um, living in their vehicles in a park. So it does look different in the area, but it is very much a reality there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you use the term unduplicated person? Yes, yes. Is that right? So what, what yes. does that mean? Um, so that just means that, um, one, in, like an individual person, we're not duplicating those numbers, like 83 individual people have come through our doors seeking shelter. Um, so that is just the, the raw data of how many people and how many lives we, we touch the shelter season. Yeah. Okay. 
So talking about, um, you know, someone who's, who's in need, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, without a home or, you know, needs a place to go. Uh, how does that process work? Um, you're able to provide them with, um, a bed right away, uh, and, and for how long and, you know, what does that process look like? Yeah. So, um, we do have 10 total programs and they kind of cover four different categories, but let's just say, um, someone is experiencing street level homelessness, then they can walk in. We do have walk-in hours on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from nine to three and Thursdays from noon to three. And they will be met with an advocate who, you know, can meet with them right there, talk about what's, situ- you know, what they have going on in their situation and do an assessment. And this assessment basically tells us how many barriers they have to being housed. And from there, you know, we look at referrals to housing programs or if they need shelter and our shelter is open, you know, they would be able to seek shelter um, or we would make a referral to another shelter in the county. What are the barriers to being housed? Uh, what, what, what are the criteria there? Yeah, so there's, there's a lot. Um, mental health can be one. Um, substance use is another insufficient income. So um, I think there is a misconception that a lot of people who are homeless don't work. That's not necessarily the case. We do. We actually have a decent amount of shelter guests who do hold jobs either part-time or full-time and just don't don't make enough to be able to afford housing. So I would say those are um, some of the big ones for women. Domestic violence is a big cause of homelessness. Um, we also, we don't tend to see a lot of youth, but that's also something across the nation. Um, youth are at risk as well. Maybe, maybe broken, broken family situation or things like that. So beyond, you know, and I just about said beyond the obvious, but sometimes it's not always obvious. Yeah. Those reasons that you just listed, mental health, mm-hmm. uh, obviously domestic violence, that's one that's, you know, rarely ever obvious because there's so much attached to that. And I know that's not necessarily your expertise, yeah. but you, you work with it, you know, beyond those things that are really um, kind of in your face for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. How does somebody recognize that someone is facing, you know, a housing issue? Is it, is it recognizing that, Hey, this person's mentioned they couch surf or yeah. um, is it, is it a teacher tuning into a student? Like we, we actually were blessed. I, I say blast because we were able to help, but we had a teacher tune into a student who was sleeping on the floor and was always tired and we were able to help them with a the mattress. Like what are those things people should tune into to where maybe a coworker, because you, you just said people work, but yet they still can't afford a house. What are those things to tune into to listen for that they can then maybe make a recommendation to your services, to people that need your help? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it's hard to answer fully because each situation is very unique. You know, we, it could be people who have, um, unstable housing history. So they may have a home for a couple of months. It, they could be renting and then lose that and kind of are transient. Um, I would say if you see someone that's moving around a lot, they don't seem to be in one place for a very long time or staying in a single place for a long time. That would, that could be a precursor. I would also say, um, experiencing any other type of basic need and security, they tend to go hand in hand. You know, if someone's having food insecurity, they may they may have insufficient income, they may have housing insecurity. So um, we are also very grateful to have a good relationship with Elizabethtown Area School District. So 
we do identify, the social workers identify a lot of students who could potentially be in need of services. And then we work with the entire household to address those issues. So is housing insecurity the main way that somebody comes into the the, the Echoes world? Or are there other services that um, somebody may take advantage of with uh, at Echoes? Yeah, so um, we have a few different, I guess, pathways to to come to seek our services. So we have 10 programs. I say they kind of fall into four main categories. So we have eviction prevention services. So this is the, for individuals who really are um, housing insecure. So they've been given a notice to quit. They're facing eviction. And so um, they can come in and meet with an advocate and we can work to maybe divert homelessness. So that could look like advocating with a landlord to do a payment plan or um, talking with friends or family members to see if there's other housing options available. And, you know, when we work through that, we do case management, we talk about budgeting and all of those things. If that doesn't, if there doesn't seem to be um, a natural way to divert that eviction, then we also can provide financial assistance. So, you know, back payment of rent to keep someone, also u- utility assistance as well. I know um, utility prices have increased quite a bit here. Um, so that that's one kind of service that we provide. And then we also have the Elizabethtown Emergency Shelter, which we talked about. Um, I think a lot of people know us for our shelter because that's how Echoes was founded. So a few community leaders kind of banded together and started a shelter out of a local church. And it's just grown into these 10 programs that we now offer. Um, So our shelter runs from December until April. We did extend an additional month this past year because we did have such a high utilization rate. Um, So that is another program. And then we also have housing supportive services. So we have four different housing programs that range from crisis housing. So that's short term around 90 days and to permanent supportive housing, which can be, you know, a year, two years or more. Um, And then, of course, information and referrals. So we have our enrichment center, which functions much like a community center in the sense that anybody can walk in. They don't have to be homeless. Um, They could just need a gas voucher um, because gas prices have increased or they we offer free haircuts. So um, they may be seeking that for people who are homeless or don't have a place that they can go to consistently. We offer showers on Fridays. So um, we also offer Lancaster County crisis intervention, for example, comes out to the enrichment center. So if someone's experiencing a mental health crisis, we have people available to speak with. Um, and so that's kind of just an overview of some of our programs. But, you know, we can meet people in any of those areas. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're taking a real holistic approach mm-hmm. with the roof over your head being the uh, most impactful thing. Because yes. if we can keep that in place, the dominoes start to fall positively yes. for everything else. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, you might have um, social work in your in your future career. I, that's what that's what we call the housing first philosophy. Right. So, um, for most of our programs, we, you know, we operate off that mindset that if we can address this crisis, then we can, you know, take those steps later to get get someone to sustainability. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it, you know, I I take a pause here in our conversation and kind of speak to our watchers, viewers, and listeners. You know, really think about this issue. Think about if you've ever had the unfortunate uh, incident to have somebody break into your home, you know, what that felt like to you, what you felt like you lost, right? Now imagine not having that roof over your head and that security at all. 
Um, imagine a fire, and we've we've worked with customers here that have had a yeah. fire, you know, so they've been displaced. And imagine, you know, what that felt like, even if you weren't displaced, but like you your your home was, you know, upended for three weeks, um, you know, or you had water damage, you know, or you know, sometimes you hear of a car going through the front wall of a home, and more often than not, people are okay, but. Think about those instances in which your home is now kind of in question, right? Now imagine that's every day. And just think about that and how blessed you are and fortunate you are. And we always say, if you can support folks like Echoes, we'll get to the point later in the show how you can support them. Their website's been on the screen. Uh, it's echoeslancaster.org if you want to go donate right now. But even if money isn't, isn't, you know, feasible for you, maybe time is, and I'm sure there's a way right there. Our producers, right there it is, volunteering. <laughs> and you look, looks like you offer uh, an opportunity to, for people to help with meals too. So it's not always just about money. It's about time and it's about your talents and your treasure, right? Time, talent, and treasure that you can give. Um, so if we can help like keep a roof over people's heads, that's always a good thing. And there's a many, many ways to to help do that. So I just sorry, kind of figured I'd give a little little more heart of a hit there for people watching, uh, and, and for our guests um, to kind of really drive home the point. Yeah. So that so that's a real thing in the social work environment. Housing first, right? Like that's yes. what everybody strives yep. to to work on first. Okay. Yeah. Um, we we have been just exceptionally blessed by the community. Um, especially since I've been here, you know, we moved into the new building on Community Place on Washington this past fall and the new shelter space is um, just about 7,000 square foot. And before that, I would say maybe 1,500 square feet. So if we hadn't been able to move into that new building, we would have had to turn people away. Um, and so I'm just, I'm very grateful that we had that expanded space and that we have a place now where people can walk in and be met with someone immediately. Um, it's been, it's been amazing. And we have a new program. Our newest program is the Homestead Housing Program, serving, um, older adults who are experiencing housing instability with, um, preference to veterans. So right now we have six units on the second floor of our building, four, one bedroom and two studio. And, um, all six are filled right now. And actually that started in mid-February, 2021. And we've actually already had one of our tenants move out successfully into his own place with a job. Oh, it's great. Um, so a success story right away. And so I'm, I'm very proud of the, what we've accomplished and all the help that we wouldn't be able to do it without our community. So. Right, right. You know, you're you're also not able to do it without the help of your, your staff. Um, yes. I'm assuming you have... Uh, experts uh, on staff yes. um, who specialize in getting these folks the help that they need. Maybe take a few moments and and talk a little bit about your staff and and uh, what they can uh, help provide uh, to get these yeah. people back on their feet. Yeah, so we typically sit around ten full time employees and um, inch up towards twenty when the shelter is going on. We have some seasonal employees, but again, it really is a team effort. We have. You know, everyone who makes an impact either directly, they're meeting face to face with clients. We have some licensed social workers who are on board, licensed professional counselors. Um, I mean, those are the people, boots on the ground, they're there meeting. But there's times and there's situations where we're, we're all invested. Um, our development director, 
you know, you would think that maybe she would be able to sit, you know, sit behind the desk and just do the marketing and the and the fundraising. But no, there's been times that we have all been a part of helping someone reach stability. So um, it is a very close knit group of people committed to making sure that that people feel seen and valued and and heard. That's awesome. And you know, so we've talked about how you help with family services, eviction prevention, emergency shelters. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the job readiness that you got, that you all um, help uh, the people yeah. you serve with. Yeah. So in that the Richmond Center, which I've talked about uh, for a long time, it was a service that we provided without a physical space. And now, like I had said about moving into the new building, we have that physical space. So we have three computer stations that are set up and um, people can come in and they can do job applications. We can sit there and help do a job application. We can sit there and help do a resume. CareerLink comes out um, monthly. They're there to meet with people to help um, find jobs, what to say during a job interview, how to dress for a job interview. We can do laundry for job interview attire. Um, we've had workshops, several workshops on job readiness. So that is something, you know, increasing income is obviously one way to help housing and security. So that is a, a pretty large focus for us too. Yep. So you, you've mentioned the, um, the fact that you have a lot of support from the community. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other ways that you raise money? I know there's uh, an event coming up um, maybe in a, f- in a few months here. Yeah. Yes. Mark your calendars for September 22nd, 2022. Yes. It's the second annual Echoes of Hope Gala. So um the planning for the first one started a little bit before my time, but I was actually able to be there and help with the planning for last year. It was a beautiful event. Um, really, the goal of that fundraiser is to bring people together and help them be a starter for supporting people and showing support for those who need stability. Um, so we have it at at the Star Barn at Stone Gables Estate. We have some really fun things planned. I can't give any uh, sneak peeks away, but you got to trust my word. Um, Not even a little one? We can't break a little thing here? Uh, I don't want to get you in trouble, but... I I don't know. We'll see. Well, maybe we'll put put sneak peeks. We'll let you know when they go live. We got to build. We got to build the anticipation. Um, But no, it was was a wonderful event last year. Um, We had a band and Lots of dancing. Once I got my speech done, I was out on the dance floor. So, nice. Uh, silent, silent auction, and you were trying to do some some silent auction items that you don't typically see. So, oh, neat, very cool. Yeah. Can you share what a silent auction was last year? Yeah, we um, <laughs> or or some of the fun items you had last year. Obviously, well, ironically, we my parents won the raffle. So it was not rigged. I promise, but they won a really <laughs> cool Yeti cooler. And they love it and they use it all the time. But uh, yeah, I think we had like skydiving and um, we had Um, different baskets from from local businesses. Um, Manchester Tea put a basket together. Um, Funk Brewing put a basket together. So again, really trying to support the local community a lot like you you guys talk about. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, like to hit pause on the conversation, if you're a a business owner listening to this, I I know because we get the same phone calls. We get the same solicitations. There's there's often times where there's a handout, you know, you're asking for a sponsorship here, a donation mm-hmm. there. And I know sometimes the money isn't always uh, in the budget. I get it. 
but maybe there's an opportunity for a gift card. Maybe there's an opportunity for some merchandise uh, that's, you know, maybe it's older merchandise, but still good, still valuable to somebody um, that could be given to a silent auction, put in a basket, coupled up with somebody else's gift card, right? The the folks, you know, I often find like Bree and your team, you'll put together an amazing basket from a compilation of things. And it, you know, so it, the point being is find a way to say yes. Uh, to these kinds of things, and hopefully, maybe maybe as a result of this little partner segment, you you might say, "Hey, I've got this that I could donate." So I don't mind. I don't, mind know. Already there. I don't know how we'll fit a mattress in the venue, but um, no, I'm we'll, figure, we'll figure that out for you. They do come in. They do come in compact boxes now. Some of them. So. Oh, okay. That was um, this is a very good way to get get us committed there, Bree. She's yeah, on, on top of her game. She knew that. <laughs> She was just planting it and letting me fall right for it. <laughs> so uh, while we're also talking about, um, you know, raising money, you have uh, some sponsors uh, yeah. who are committed to helping Echoes. Uh, I think it's a good opportunity for you to maybe say some nice things about some of the, the partners that uh, support uh, the organization. Yeah, um, we get a lot of questions, you know, about how we're funded. And I'm I'm a real advocate for transparency and I think it's a wonderful thing to talk about. I mean, being a very young agency, a lot of our funding comes from grant funding. So um, government grant funding, I think we sit around like 60, 40, 60% grant funding of 40% um, community donation. So we'd really love to increase our community support. But that being said, we do have a ton of... Um, oh, I just saw, I just saw um, a comment here. Oh, Steve's awesome. a fan of the show and, and cool. seems like he's got a way to to help out. That's, That's awesome, wonderful. Thanks. Thank you for that connection. Um, yeah, we have we have quite a few supporters from the community. I would say, you know, for our grant supporters, a lot of that comes from the Lancaster County Housing and Redevelopment Authorities, as well as the Office for the Coalition. Um, we also have some local foundations that have supported us. So High Foundation, Steinman Foundation, mm-hmm. um, Lancaster OHF, Lancaster County Community Foundation. Um, we're also supported a lot by civic organizations, so Rotary Club and our local churches in terms of not even just donations, but volunteer time that we get from from local churches. Um, Elizabethtown College was our fiscal agent when we started, and we're still um, in a great partnership with them. Lots of events together, interns that we work with, uh, different community volunteer events. So, And of course, the school district, the local police department, a lot mm-hmm. of wonderful partners that we have. Yeah, it's great. I mean, for for a young organization, you have a lot of great connections, a lot of great supporters that are well uh, cemented in the community. So that's mm-hmm. kudos to you all for that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Bree, the uh, w- one thing we haven't mentioned is how um, we were able to bring you on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. One of our employees here at Gardeners, his name is Andy. His wife, Missy, uh, works at, or I think she's the director at uh, the community cupboard in yes. Elizabethtown. And I understand they are associated with uh, your organization or you at least collaborate with them. Maybe yeah. uh, talk a little bit about some of the other organizations that you collaborate with in the northwestern part of the county. Yes. So um, we are really lucky to be a part of the community place on Washington campus. So we call it CPAL. Uh, that campus is owned by United Churches Elizabethtown area. So they are their own 501c3 nonprofit. 
And they kind of oversee that entire campus as well as the community cupboard and the clothing bar. And I think they also have Meals on Wheels. Um, some other, I'm blanking on some of the other ones. Oh, they just brought um, Bear Bags Backpack Food Program from Elizabethtown Area School District onto campus. So, you know, yeah. we are, I say we're the master tenant on campus, but we also, they're much more to us than a landlord. We're really partners. But yeah, we we would not be there. We would not have our new building without their support. So that is a, we're, we're neighbors. So in, in a sense. Yeah, you know, it, it's very interesting. We've had, you know, your your partners page there on your site. Um, mm-hmm. Those names have come up very often. You know, mm-hmm. and I say, I say nothing against, you know, this is nothing against the United Way. Um, and maybe I should just state this publicly. We have nothing against the United Way here. Uh, it's just the simple fact of the matter is there, everybody knows who the United Way is, yeah. right? And this show is about shining a light on organizations like yours, you know, yes. where there isn't, I mean, I don't know what their budget is, you know, annually, but I'm, I'm guessing it's a hundred million North nationally, yeah. right? Not quite there. Not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah. So Echoes isn't quite that big. So again, we feel it's important to shine that light on you and, and others. But we consistently see this, this, this community around the community service organizations and charities and, and, and uh, groups like yourself. I, I love the connectiveness there. Um, you know, one might think, well, our, our thing has to stay our thing. Because yeah. we have our people to serve and we need our budget, but it really does seem like there's a lot of partnership there. Um, has that been surprising to you, or did like talk on that a little bit? Yeah, actually, um, it was. This is my first time working in Lancaster County, so I'm actually was raised in York County and worked primarily in Dolphin County once I had graduated with my undergrad, and this is so. This is my first job here. And I was amazed when I was working in Lancaster County. There's so much connectedness, even beyond, you know, my service area of the Northwest region of Lancaster County. Um, not to talk about the United Way, but they have a 211, which is a call center for um, very similar to calling for 911, but that you, you need help. You need connected to a shelter or you need to find out where you can get food or you're experiencing domestic violence and need to get in somewhere. So that network, like we work very well with providers all over Lancaster County. Um, we have a little network of providers who address homelessness and we meet frequently so that we can make sure that nobody is slipping through the cracks across the county. So there's, and then there's hubs based on, you know, your your little geographic part of the county. So like Elizabethtown, we, we are very interconnected with the agencies there that don't necessarily serve homelessness, but you know, for example, Name and Center, they do addictions counseling um, inpatient and outpatient. They're going to be a partner that we're bringing out to um, come out to our space. So there's there's connectedness all all across the county. And yeah, I, I actually, I was very amazed by how organized it is. Yeah, yeah. I had a question and it, oh, it was, uh, you know, so the 211 line. Yeah. It, when you said it, it hit me like that was brand new information to me, but I'm kind of thinking it's silly that it okay. would be brand new information to me. But I know I've seen, you know, in, in various community groups online that I tune into every now and then, I know I've seen people saying, hey, I've got a neighbor, they're having issues, mm-hmm. fill in the blank. 
I don't know that I've seen like call this number. Okay. So how yeah. long is how long has United Way been doing two one one and? Um, you know, I don't want to speak for them because I don't know how long. But what I can tell you is that um, if someone is experiencing something, they're just not sure what the next step is. I would recommend um, calling two one one because that is the starting point to kind of get to where you need to go. So, for example, if someone um, is let's say staying in a hotel in Elizabethtown and they can't afford another night and they don't know where they're going and they call 211 and they say I'm staying at the you know at the Red Rose Motel and I'm here in E-Town they're automatically going to kick that to Echoes so what's really cool about that is you know it's not just referrals from people walking in or calling in themselves we have this referral base that can come from everywhere so Right. In that sense, I think it's it's an easy number to remember for people. And I think it was, you know, it's easily spread by people who may have experienced that crisis themselves at one time in their life. So I always like to kind of put that out there. But also, you know, calling us, we can, of course, get someone in the, and point it in the right direction if it's not us. Yeah. So. And shout out to our yeah. producer, Chris, who's just fantastic. So I'll take a pause here. But t- this might this is like my buzzword of the show. Take a pause. Um <laughs> If you ever need to do any kind of podcasting at all, Chris, his contact information is in the show notes for this episode. Does a fantastic job. Uh, but right there, 211 available to approximately 309 million people, which is about 95% of the entire country, covers all 50 states, District of Columbia, and Puerto Rico. Um, so go to 211.org to see what services related to 211 are offered. So just on this though, I mean, this is why I like doing this show because I uh, end up learning something. Mm-hmm. So if somebody calls 211, should there be, I mean, obviously if it's a crime related thing, um, that's a different, you know, that, that goes down a different road, right? And yeah. it's not meant for that. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. need 911, please call 911. Yes, yeah. yes, please. Um, but like, so 211, we, we had the, 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 I'm going to need a place to stay example. Yeah. Um, like for domestic violence. I mean, is that so? I mean, again, if somebody's listening to this, is is two one one a good resource if you're experiencing domestic violence related issue? Yeah, you know, if it if it were domestic violence, honestly, I would I would try to go right to um, DVS in Lancaster County or Lancaster City. They are in Lancaster right. County, but in Lancaster City. Um, because I I used to work in domestic and sexual violence at the YWCA in Greater Harrisburg. And when you call in there, you have an advocate who is trained to kind of assess the lethality of a situation. So if someone, you know, is, for example, this is extreme, you know, hiding in their closet because the perpetrator is trying to get in or trying to block them or may have a gun, then you're going to get on on with someone who can handle that crisis situation, whereas 211 may not be equipped for that. I would think of 211 as more, um, there definitely are people who are in a crisis, but you know, you need help getting connected to some type of a human service or a benefit from um, the government. Um, yeah, just a, a connection to a resource that's in Lancaster County. But I would say for those more directed crisis situations, you want to call the person who who right. can address that right at the root. So like Lancaster County Crisis Intervention to help with mental health and DVS to help with domestic violence. And so yeah. there's a lot yeah. of great providers providers out there that are ready to be able to hand, handle traumas. Yeah, that's great. And and call, I mean, so this might sound weird, but like 
211 is a no judgment zone. Is that is that a fair yeah. statement? Yes. And you know, same with us. So we we really pride ourselves in being a warm, non-judgmental, friendly face to someone who is probably not at the best place in their life. And um, I think it's really important to treat people as people. I try to adapt that philosophy in how I treat my team. You know, I want I want people to enjoy their day so that we can help other people enjoy their day, you know, while they're spending a majority of their lifetime in the office. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's really important to me and, and to my team that we're looking at the person holistically, like you had said earlier, because there's often so much more that's going on between the one hour that you get to hear what their story is. Right, right. Bree, what are, um, so let's say our listeners want to learn more about Echoes or want to stay in contact is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, liking the Facebook page, a good way to do that. I know you have a, yes. a newsletter. I think that people can mm-hmm. sub- subscribe to. Talk a little bit about those things. Yeah. So we have a biannual newsletter. It comes out. We have um, a fall, winter, spring, summer. So the spring, summer one hasn't been published yet. So if you'd like to get on that mailing list, I think we have a subscribe to our mailing list button probably on our website. Um, we also send out monthly e-blasts. So you can kind of stay in touch there. And then, of course, weekly post on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. And just again, a little tip to our viewers and listeners. If you're connected to an organization and they do send out an email newsletter, uh, reply to it if you can, as long as it says specifically, do not reply. Just reply to it. This way, in your inbox, next month when it comes out, it'll hit your inbox and not your promotions tab or the junk tab. Um, you know, this is this way you stay connected because it's busy. You know, life's busy. We all get busy. Um, but that's just a little, little pro tip there for, you know, we send a lot of emails and we've kind of learned over the years tips and tricks to get them open to get them in the right spot. But if you're so connected to a, a charity like Echoes, um, just take that extra step and then you'll, you'll certainly be in. Sometimes just doing the double opt in isn't enough. Um, so. We've mentioned volunteers. Jeff mentioned volunteers earlier in the show. Um, you're always, I'm sure, looking for for help. Um, talk about the opportunities that exist there and, and how somebody could get involved. Yeah, so primarily our volunteer opportunities happen around the time that the Elizabethtown Emergency Shelter is in operation. Um, I believe we're one of two shelters in the county that utilize volunteers. So that's kind of a um, unique way to operate a shelter. We require 70 volunteers a week. So wow. a lot of volunteers needed. Um, and of course we do, we have staff who are there as well. Um, you know, I did, I did Christmas day with my parents. We, they came up and volunteered. So you will oh. see us, um, may get tired of us, but we do have, we do try to keep things light. Um, so we need evening, overnight, and morning volunteers specifically for the shelter. So that evening time frame is, um, like six to nine and then overnight, uh, nine to six and then morning six to eight. So, um, yeah, always looking for volunteers. The website that Chris has pulled up right here is the site that you can sign up to become a volunteer. And then we post the opportunities. So right now we don't have any, um, posted because the shelter season has just ended, but they'll, they'll go out, um, when we're anticipating the next season. So it's a pretty easy process. You really only have to give your name and your email preferably your phone number too. And then we have a volunteer training at the beginning of the season before it starts. And then we have lead volunteers and staff who can also help orient new volunteers when they 
um, sign up and start a shift. So also within the Elizabethtown Emergency Shelter, we have those meals, which I think was on our website on the right side there. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the dinners that are served to our shelter guests come from community members. So they prepare um, dinners and bring them in. So we communicate, you know, what our numbers look like for the week. And then people bring those meals in and we, there's been some amazing meals. And it's really, it's really interesting because each shelter season, you know, the taste of our guests change. So like for a long time, nobody wanted salad, but then this year, like salad was the big thing. So we communicate that with, with the um, cooks who bring food and let them know like the, Hey, this is what they've been liking lately. So if you want to bring that in, that'd be great. Um, And also cleaning helpers. Um, And another one of our partners that I didn't mention is Masonic Village. They do all of our linen laundry during the shelter season, which is like, you know, it's one of the most amazing things because there's, there's a lot of laundry every week. We really, we wouldn't be able to operate without them. Um, So, yeah. And then during the year, we also sometimes look for volunteers for like some one-off opportunities that could look like moving someone into a new apartment. Like they may not have, may not have a vehicle or let alone um, a truck to be able to move furniture. So we do also, do also have a donation center where we can help people find um, furniture and other household goods. So that's, that's something that we also look pe- for people. Yeah. Well, a lot of ways to volunteer there. And mm-hmm. since you brought up trucks, I'm, I'm going to make kind of a joke, but kind of a truth. Um, my guess is that per capita in Elizabeth, in Elizabethtown region, there's a lot of pickup trucks. Is my guess. So if you're finding, if you're trying to think of a way you can volunteer, and if you've got a pickup truck, there you go. Yes. Get on the list. You can have a Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning, whenever they need you, help move some stuff with your pickup truck. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's literally as simple as that as how you can become involved. And my guess is when you actually get to do it, you're going to feel really good about having done it. You're going to see that impact. You're going to see how fortunate you are. And then you're going to realize, I might want to do more than just a moving day. And then you're making a meal. And then all of a sudden you're doing, you know, 20 hours a month and Bree's life becomes so much easier. All because he had a pickup truck. (laughs) Starts there. Starts there, right? Well, it starts with the decision to give back, which is important. So and that's why we do this show. So I think we got a connection cocktail to do. I think so. Oh, my yep. favorite kind. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Chris, okay. So you, before you came on, Chris was talking about music, but I guess, guess he has to, to find the right, the right tunes to put on for the connection cocktail. Right. You don't want me to choose the music. <laughs> right. <laughs> it would be a little abrupt and loud. <laughs> like like the intro? No. Well that's that's good music. There would be good music like that. But anyway. It'd be a little heavier. That's right. Then. It would be a little heavier. Anyway, Bree, first question. What is your favorite thing to do in Lancaster? Um shop, eat, drink coffee. Well, those are three things. I guess they're I all think, you can do all in one done. trip. I can get them done in a, in a day. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Any, really any particular cool like place that you go or? Yeah. I like um, building character in Lancaster. Okay. Um, I think that that's really cool. cool kind of like first, have you, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's kind of like yep. thrifty. There's a bunch of little yep. vendors in there. Individual I like that. Stands, yep. yep. Creative. 
Um, I love Evo 206, which is a coffee shop that's within walking distance to um, our office. So I do this thing at work. Um, I found, you ever see one of those kindness rocks where uh, they put them out in the community and you're walking and you find one? It's got like a message on the other side or something? Yeah, like I think kids do them and they put them out. I found one that has like coffee on it. So I call it the magic coffee rock and I hide it around the office. And when one of my employees find it, we go and get coffee at Evo 206. So... That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah. So question number two, and this can be self-serving if you want it to be. uh, Is there an annual event that you go to in Lancaster County? Well, yes, of course. I attend the Echoes of Hope Gala. uh, And when is that? September 22nd, 2022. Um, But I do also go to the Baltimore Zoo's um, biggest fundraiser that they have. It's called Brew at the Zoo. They just had it this past Memorial Day weekend. So. I really, I really like that event as well. Fun, you get free zoo admission and get to try out some craft breweries and, and things and live music. So that's, that's cool. also another one I attend. Do any of the monkeys drink? <laughs> you know, I haven't seen that, but they they were making some funny faces at me. So I don't know if I looked. <laughs> By the way, I like how you owned. You had zero issue. I love our gala. I love how yes. you owned that for that one. Last question. Have you ever ridden in a horse and buggy? She grew up in York County. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in York County. I may have when I was younger. Um, But I know you were talking about your... um, What was your your thing called at the beginning? From two... Oh, oh, the the sun shop. (laughs) Yeah, the sun shop. Yes. Um, Fun fact, I do have a motorcycle. Um, I don't have my motorcycle license, but I got my permit. And oh, I was nice. all set to get one. And then I drove a, a scooter and decided that that was not in the cards for me. So um, okay. I stick four wheels and no no horse riding for me, okay. unfortunately. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. No. <laughs> I have to get that. Th- I'll have to do that, though. No, there's no excuse now. Working, oh, working right. in Lancaster County. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bree, this has been a pleasure. I really enjoyed our time together. Um, you want to connect with Bree? We've had uh, the Echoes information on the screen. Uh, Bree, your website again for anybody listening, because we always kind of forget, not always, but I don't think we do it enough. Echoes Lancaster, I'll just say it, echoeslancaster.org is where you go. Um, you're on Facebook at Echoes Lancaster. Mm-hmm. And if you want to email info at echoeslancaster.org. Anything else there? No, that is it. That is the way to, to get to us. So All right. Very yeah, good. I, I welcome. welcome any connection. And if anyone is in need, please feel free to reach out. We are we are here for you. So. Very good. Very good. Bree, thank you to you and your team uh, for all that you do for the folks here in our, in our county. Very much appreciate it. And uh, if you're looking for a great event, September 22nd, six o'clock, go to the Echoes of Hope at Gala. It's at the Star Bar in Elizabethtown. More details at echoeslancaster.org. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks Thanks for joining us. All right. Well, just as a reminder, we do do prizes on the show. Kind of wrapping up here. So get your comments in. That's how you get in. I didn't say smash the love button this time. That's the first time I said that this show. So that helps us out, right? Mm -hmm. So like the email tip, reply to those charities, those organizations that you do really want to be connected to, providing it's a, you know, info at or a person at email. 
If it says don't reply, don't do that. You're not really getting anywhere. But uh, that'll stay in your box. But another little pro tip, if you like a, if you like a page, if you like a business, if you like a charity, uh, hit the love reaction on their stuff. And that helps the algorithm elevate a little bit. That's the heart one. It's the heart one, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty good at that. Oh. So my decrepit hands actually penned that one. <laughs> uh, anyway. Decrepit. So, yep, we do prizes on the show. We talked about smashing the love button. That means it's time for the sleep better tip. And uh, to follow up on the nice uh, give back that Masonic uh, Village does. Did I say that right? Masonic Village? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm does for echoes and laundry that's your sleep better tip so think about when you go to a hotel you got those nice crisp linens they smell good they feel good your body you know when you sleep you're contacting a lot of your sleep surface with your head yeah. your arms your shoulders your legs all that stuff and uh, just think about how nice and refreshing and relaxing that is plus there's like all kinds of pillow sprays you know some natural essential oils help you drift off to sleep. Anything you can do to create a better sleep environment that's more relaxing going to help you sleep better. So that's your sleep better tip. We've got tips like that and more in our sleep better book. Just go to gardenersmattressandmore.com forward slash sleep dash better and we'll mail you out a copy. That's that's so true. Like, you know, you, you think of sleep, you do it every night, mattress, but you hardly think of the stuff you put on the mattress and so right. that actually can impact your sleep. We washed our sheets over the weekend, and yes, nice, nice. Bamboo sheets definitely help in the summertime. They do. Oh, oh yeah, they do. They do. Keep that nice and cool. <laughs> so, Jeff, if I asked you what the highest grade is that somebody could get in school, what would it be? Like on a on a math test? Well, it would be an A plus. A plus. How about an A plus plus plus? You ever seen one of those? No, I wasn't, we got one. I wasn't that good of a student, but apparently I'm that good, of a, one. that good of a mattress retailer. Yes. We got. So Karen bought a mattress recently and she gives us an excellent A++++ 100% service, professional, friendly, no pressure buying, looking to the best interest of their mattress needs. Uh, and she would definitely recommend gardeners to all friends and family. So there we go. I think that was the first A++++ plus you've ever gotten certainly was in my career <laughs> thank you karen i know mrs fink who was my teacher of business law at cocalico high school i know she never gave me an a plus because i didn't earn it <laughs> but i that was my most favorite class in school though business law yeah. law, and, law and society it was called yeah my favorite one we did a mock trial and I was the prosecutor. I can, I can, I can picture this. And I got the witness to basically say on right? the stand. No, I got the witness to say on the stand that they would cover for their friend. And while we were the only class to win the defense. Right. Everybody else, the defense won. Nice. But we won. <laughs> I might have got an A plus for that. That was it. I think, I, I think that was like a low B class. I think. Uh, uh, well, that so was a long time ago. At any rate, uh, one thing that I was remiss see, not in being not a good student. One thing that I was remiss in preparing for this episode that I will promise we get you next time is our Roundup Report. Oh. Which just has a nice ring to it. Roundup Report. report. So what I've noticed, though, is our team here at Gardeners has been doing fantastic with um, asking you, our customer, to participate in our Gardeners Gives Back efforts. So Gardeners Gives Back is about food. Uh, We collect food while we're in your home. 
our guys raid your pantry. That as you're looking the other way, they kind of dig in, fill the back. No, just kidding. You you give a box or a can of non-perishable food or more, leave it by the front door. Our guys pick it up and we get it back to Hempfield Food Pantry and E-Town Community Cupboard. Uh, the Roundup aspect is Roundup to give back. That is about just like what you do at the grocery store now or the pharmacy where they say round up your pennies to the nearest dollar. Well, we're doing that as well. And we're collecting more dollars and 20s. And I, I think we've had a couple bigger ones too. Um, so we're going to collect that. We can report on it. And then we're going to donate those monies back to those food pantries because I think right now we can all agree that mm-hmm. uh, food's getting more expensive and those pantries are being more and more relied upon. So it's really, um, really a good thing to do. And then Ben and I continue to donate to the show. And we, again, we're remiss. We'll be making a donation to Echoes. But uh, we do that, you know, we do that. Just know that that happens. We don't really make a big deal about it, but it does happen. Okay. So the roundup report, we will do that next week. I have a note here. You might see me making notes uh, throughout the show. It's always related to promoting the next show, but we will make sure that that happens. I do apologize. All right. Um, but we'll get that on for sure. Um, Prize later time. Prize later time. Yeah. Jeez. We got it. You know, I've been comments today. I've been quick to jump, <clears throat> jump the prize later as of late. It's like between our. The, you know what we need to do is have Steve and John on the show. Battle Royale. Battle of the super fans. <laughs> right, right. Like winner, winner gets to host a show. Oh, it's interesting. Or co-host with yeah. us. So John, you win. I think, I think a Tumblr is in your future. Um, we appreciate you. John Hoover Green, Edward Jones Investments down there in Willow Street, Willow Valley. She's fantastic. Right. Just a great, great person. Uh, to know her is to love her and have a lot of fun around with Jana. She's great. She's just a great person. Super fan. All right. That's it. That's a wrap. That is a wrap. We'll see you next week on Lancaster Connects. Take care.